our GAPS 101 podcast. My name is Monica Holland. I'm certified GAPS coach and nutritional therapist. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm here to interview health experts, share healing stories, provide practical tips and answers your questions to help you on your healing journey. And today, together with a fellow GAPS coach, Chris Howard, we're going to talk about poop and constipation. Um, Chris and I, we run How to Gaps together. And if you're listening to this podcast and have not joined our Facebook group yet, please do so. And uh, just go to the Facebook and find How to Gaps group to as a number. So um, Chris and I, we talk about poop pretty much a few times a week. And we love the subject. We probably spend over 2000 hours or even more researching, analyzing, learning about poop and constipation. And now we wanted to share with you what we've learned. Um, and just stay tuned in because there will also be part two of this podcast where Chris will be answering questions from our How to Gaps members. And just a legal disclaimer in here, please note that all information we're going to share in is intended to be for educational purposes only. It should not replace any medical advice from your healthcare practitioner. So let's crack on, Chris, shall we? Of course, yes, let's do this. Amazing. So first, first big question, what is constipation? I would say, money. it's the silent killer that most people don't even realize that they have it. Technically speaking, constipation is a difficulty of passing stool, right? We know that. Mm. But then, if the stool is very hard to pass, it doesn't happen daily, doesn't happen often, and if the person takes too long on the toilet, you know, five, ten minutes trying to pass it, pushing, straining, that means you're constipated, you have constipation. So basically, the old garbage inside the bowels accumulates to a point where it slows down considerably. That's constipation. You're clogged up. Then what happens is you start getting compacted, and then it adheres to the walls of the intestines. You know, it creates like a narrowing there. It gets all filled up, leaving only a small opening space for newer food being digested passes through. Now we have a blockage and nourishment from the new foods that are being eaten are not absorbed anymore. And then what? Now that what's left is a narrow passage, the newer food being digested squeezes through, doesn't get properly digested, cannot be properly absorbed because the walls are covered in there. Can you imagine it narrows? It's a narrowing of a tube that's filled up with garbage. Under those circumstances, a person might even think they are regular because they might be going every day. Their stool might even be softer or have diarrhea. And guess what? It's called the overspill. And that's not good. That's not being regular. That's just a excessive food that's passing through that cannot be properly digested. And that becomes a very serious situation. And I see, I think, pretty convinced that the sitting jobs that are so popular nowadays, so many people working from the computer, that does not help either. People are not moving. Mm. And 
as much as they should to keep themselves regular. So that's that's what constipation is. Basically, if you eat three meals a day and you only poop once or not even every day, you're constipated. Does mm. it make does it make sense? It does, it does. And obviously, you know, constipation is such an important subject and such an important part of the whole healing. And and you've already kind of touched uh, on some of the typical symptoms of constipation. But um, but could you perhaps maybe help our listeners to to kind of establish if they're constipated? Can you list some of the of the symptoms they should be looking at? Um, obviously, you've already mentioned, you know, if you're not pooping, if you're not going to the toilet, um, you, you you know you're constipated. But what are the symptoms? Um, uh, uh, what are the symptoms you could you could list here? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down, make it very simple. Listen, if you are not going to the bathroom every day, it's the first bad sign. Then if you're going and what you're passing is dry stool, it's lumpy, mm-hmm. it's hard to pass, you know, and it's less than usual. And when you sit there and your relief sensation does not feel complete, that's not a good sign. And even when you are going every day, you have to watch for texture. And if it's only once a day, how much is it? You know, everything that comes through the mouth should be passing through your intestines within one day. So if you're not going every day, that's not good. Pain, cramping in the abdomen is not good. And then later on, okay, what happens later? Then people start getting other symptoms that might be a good indicator that you're suffering now already with constipation. It's sudden. For example, people feel bloated, you know, bloated belly. They can Mm. have nausea, loss of appetite. Foggy brain and headache are very, very related to constipation because once they get constipation out of the way, they guess what? They're like, oh, I feel so clear-minded. I don't have those headaches anymore. Happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. So people didn't even know that those were related to constipation. Yeah. And so many other things, you know, but the mental fogginess, it's very, it's a very big, you know, thing associated to constipation. Tiredness, hemorrhoids, fissures, all those problems are all related to constipation. Yeah, I think I think the list is quite long and um, and I think our listeners can can relate to some of those symptoms, but they perhaps never linked those symptoms with constipation. So thanks for sharing because it's so so important. And so in terms of in terms of obviously so now we know what constipation is and now we know the main symptoms of constipation but but obviously there are different types of constipation and there are different kind of levels of seriousness of constipation uh, would you would you mind kind of you know giving us a little bit of insight in um, in that context please yes yes uh, yeah because not everybody's constipated in the same level that you know the most common is mild and occasional, of course. Uh, you get sick, you have a flu, or you take some medication, uh, and you get constipated. That's obviously a reaction that's supposed to pass soon if addressed correctly. Mm. Let's say you go on a trip. Oh, I know, I know so many people from my family. My family is pretty prone to that. They go on a trip, they get off their schedule. 
and then for a week or two they're constipated. It goes back to normal. That's called mild constipation, something that takes you out of your routine. But then if that doesn't get addressed, you become what? Chronically constipated. Everything backs up, starts accumulating. That's chronic constipation. And then the next step is the worst because then constipation really sets in and becomes severe and compacted constipation. That's the one we're, tr we're here today to address because that's the very, very big problem in so many people's health and they don't realize. I was one of them, Monica. I didn't know I was severely constipated until I really started studying and analyzing this. Hmm. And and I definitely want our listeners to to hear your story because you know I remember you told me about it and and you know everything about my problems with constipation too because we talk a lot about it. But I would love to I would love to you know uh, um, ask a few more questions before we get to your personal story if that's all right. And, and obviously, you know, you've, you've, you've mentioned that severe constipation, sometimes people might not go for 7, 10, 15 days. This is like, wow, seven yes. days without going to the toilet. That must be really, really painful when they eventually go and release. So with that in mind, like, obviously, we, we've already said that we need to go to the toilet every sing, single day. But... Can we just explore a little bit that subject? How often should we should we move our bowels? Uh, is one a day enough? Well, the the ideal thing is the ideal regularity would be for us to go more than once a day. the The body reacts according to digestion. So if you are having regular three meals a day, it would be fantastic. If you could, for example, wake up in the morning and the first thing, you know, 20 minutes later you go and you use the bathroom or right after your breakfast, let's say 20, 30 minutes after your breakfast. And then again, after your lunch and before bedtime, that would be the ideal one. I have never been there yet. <laughs> I was a chronically constipated child already, so I've never experienced that yet, but I am getting more and more regular as I'm healing from that. But ideally, it would be three times a day. I think once once I've read that um, whenever you have like three meals a day and, and then the bowel movement once in three days, you are nine meals behind. So just, just imagine that. If you're listening to this podcast, just imagine that you have three meals a day and you haven't gone to the toilet for three days. That's nine meals sitting in your bowels. Um, but That's okay. correct. Okay, yeah. so we should we should be pooping daily like one to three times a day. And but how how that poop should should look like? Because quite often when I when I start supporting my clients on the healing journey, and the first thing they tell me that they've got diarrhea when we when I start kind of you know asking more questions and analyzing what is their perception diarrhea it actually turns out that they've got a very soft stool every every um let's say three times a day um so can you can you kind of describe to us i know it's difficult because it's a uh, uh, it would be ideal if we could like show the picture of image of that so uh, but i know you're so creative so could you describe to us 
and like the, the, the normal healthy consistency of the bowel movement. It's easy, Monica. I think people will 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 associate this very easily here. So it's, it should be one firm unit, very well formed, that slides out without much effort. You're not going to the toilet and you're going to sit there and wait. When you feel the urge, you go and it happens immediately without effort. Mm. And and it doesn't leave much evidence behind. You know, so if you if you sit there and it comes out naturally, slides out easy, it's a one piece unit that's not formed of several clumps smashed together. You know, it's a one continuous body of matter naturally shaped. It usually has some some curvature to it. So that's a perfect poop. You're successful if you get one of those about um, between. I would say in centimeters, you know, from 10 to 15 centimeters long in inches would be like five to six inches long. That's a good size for an adult. Mm. I can now imagine lots of people taking measure, me- uh, measurement tape in the toilet and measuring <laughs> their- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> No, it's not needed. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't eyeball it. <laughs> but um. But apart from the obviously the consistency, um, what else we should be looking at when we when we try to kind of assess our poop? Well, yeah, you start getting fancy once you start paying attention to that. You see more than you imagined because <laughs> yeah. the color is very important. Why is the color important? Because you know you're looking for some suspicious activities now in your digestive tract. You don't want to see blood in your stool. If it's black, that means could be old blood. So you want it to have like a normal poop color, dark brown or brownish. The texture, you know, you always analyze the textures. What's coming out there? Is it formed? Is it loose? Does it stick together or not? Um, the shape, the size, the frequency. Any, anyway, you know, you look for undigested food or what else comes out right after you you know, you released your stool, like if there's mucus associated to it or anything else like that. So if it sinks, if it floats, that's a different situation. Um, and how about the smell? The smell tells a lot. Um, one thing is said about the, the, the poop, the going, it shouldn't be too toxic. You know, there is, yes, there is the, the smell of poop, yes, but it shouldn't be too toxic and if you are straining or if it's easy to pass you will see that there's a difference in in consistency the easy one to pass is always the well-formed you know it's not going to cause you burning which is usually associated with diarrhea because the matter is acidic sometimes it comes out too toxic and the constipated one will be like little pebbles, dry, hard to pass. That will be difficult too. So, yeah, color, texture, all those things go in consideration. And I think, and I think, you know, if uh, for for those who are listening to our podcast, if you go on Google and just type uh, um, Bristol stool chart. And um, Bristol stool chart will show you different shapes 
and it will explain you uh, which one is constipated, which one is on the kind of diarrhea uh, side. So it's called Bristol Astol chart. Just Google it and you will see all the images. Um, but yeah, so right, I think... Um, I think and, people, and, and Monica, mm -hmm. just just not to re let's remind our gapsters, right? Because we're talking to the gaps community here. Most everybody sees a change in their poop once they start a gaps protocol. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. 100 percent. Absolutely. It, it all changes. And it's so fun to hear from them. They're like, oh, my goodness, my poop is changing so much. Mm. And, <laughs> and then, you yeah. know, you're on the right path. Absolutely. And I, quite often I do get my clients suddenly uh, being very worried because they started passing uh, uh, the very old compacted matter, which is usually the little, little kind of uh, hard kind of pebbles. Uh, and they're very, very smelly. And that's a good sign because you're getting to the old toxic fecal matter and you're getting it out. So it's a great actually sign of healing because you are releasing it. So it's not longer in your in your bowel. So for those who are listening and suddenly you see that change in your uh, in your poop patterns, that's a good news. You kind of, you know, tapped into a deeper level of healing. So well done. And, and I think, I think, you know, over, over years, I had pretty much every single type, shape, consistency of poop, like, in, including, including the lovely ribbon looking poops. And obviously, that was, that was a great indication how, how badly I was compacted. Um, so, but yeah, so why, why? why being constipated is 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 bad why is it bad why is it dangerous why what are the consequences of of not addressing constipation yeah let's let's say why should you worry about it why should you give a damn about that like it's the going right why do we have to make a fuss about because it? it's very important it yeah. becomes a domino effect if you don't go to the bathroom a few days what happens the waste backs up inside of you waste makes us sick just imagine if the garbage collector doesn't come by your street for 10 days what happens in your neighborhood right so you move out yes you move out, you move out. yeah it stinks. <laughs> and then disease sets in in the neighborhood so inside of you if that matter seats it kind of like starts fermenting it becomes like a harboring place where the pathogenic microbes will make a living space for them and create their own lifestyles in there and they release bad toxins in there. It shouldn't sit there for too long and give them opportunity to do that. And then what's next? That That's where leaky gut comes in. Now all that toxic fluid fluids and, 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 and debris that this pathogenic flora forms inside the stool that's sitting there too long, that's going to end up in your bloodstream. Do you really want that? And then now the whole gut flora is out of balance. It affects what? Your metabolism, your appetite, your hormone regulations, your energy level crashes. And what happens? You create inflammation in your body and so on. And then your blood sugar goes out of balance. It could lead to diabetes, which is an inflammation. That leads to insulin resistance. You see the domino effect here? Mm. And now you're accumulating fat. 
And then in your brain, the leptin becomes resistant, which means your brain does not know anymore when you're full. You're always hungry. You're never satisfied. Now the thyroid stops functioning properly, you know. And, you know, a constipated person doesn't even have energy to start exercising, which is the first thing they need to do. So the circle closes in. It's very terrible. It is. It is like a vicious uh, circle. And, and, and obviously, you know, uh, all of this stuff sounds really scary. But, but you know, I promise you, uh, our lovely listeners, that um, we will be sharing some practical solutions and, and remedies in, in this podcast. So please do not fret because we want to help you stop that domino effect. I actually love the way you described it, Chris, uh, as a domino effect. But but obviously, before we get to uh, remedies and practical solutions, um, let's explore a few reasons um, why we get constipated. Obviously, you know, there are hundreds of, of root causes of constipation, but uh, but let's just explore the main ones, the, the most typical ones where uh, where people can, can relate to. Yes, yes. I The lifestyle is the main reason, Monica. If a person mm. has a sedentary lifestyle and a bad diet, that's the first thing that needs to be addressed. And that's what most people's problem is. If we can simplify it, a lot, we'll narrow it down to that lifestyle, exercise, diet, you know, and then some people have low stomach acid that influences in constipation. That's sometimes people don't realize that a sluggish bile. That was my case. Mm. I didn't know I had a sluggish bile and that was causing me constipation. And then your underactive thyroid, um, inflammatory bowel disease some people that goes unnoticed and causes constipation SIBO um, in some cases anatomical dysfunctions Uh, here's a good thing and I can tell you that I had some family members who used to like neglect the go you know you feel the urge and you're like yeah 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 I'm gonna go soon I'm busy now don't Mm. ever do that your Mm. body has a limit of how many times it can alarm you that it needs to go and neglecting that alarm, your body will just give up and not tell you anymore. Um, for women, pregnancy, menstruation can influence that. Certain medications can cause constipation. Um, usually that's clearly stated when you take a medication. It can cause constipation. So hopefully you don't have to take that for too long and it's going to be just temporary. But all of that can cause constipation. And um, yeah, there, there are so many different root causes and thank you for listing them. And and one of the first ones you've, you've mentioned is obviously diet. And, and because we're talking to, uh, we're talking with Gapsters now, I just wanted to uh, um, to touch on, on the subject of um, many, many of our clients, they, uh, they come from a typical sad diet. Um, and quite often they uh, they very dehydrated, um, or they might have uh, not not had enough fiber um, or too much fiber in the diet. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to touch the subject um, of fiber because that's probably one of the most controversial subjects um, in the context of, of constipation because. Um, 
because there are t- different types of fiber and yes. some of the fibers actually can cause can trigger your constipation can make that constipation even worse so would you it would be great if you could actually tell yes. us a little bit more about it Yes, because we see so many commercials on TV, right? Oh, eat your morning cereal. It's got so many grams of fibers. Well, Mm. it depends on who you're trying to fool here. Because for me, for example, that's detrimental. That would clog me up. So let's talk about fiber. Soluble, insoluble, and prebiotic fiber. Think about those three names. What is the soluble one? It's the one that tracks water and helps bulk up the stool. Okay? So that will make it uh, uh, create a bigger poop let's say it helps you go a little bit insoluble it does not absorb the water that one is like it acts as a brush inside it rakes through the digestive system it scraps everything it scrapes everything okay and then if you have an inflammation in there that's not good that will irritate the inside walls of your gut that will cause you pain. What is prebiotic fiber? And sorry, before before yeah, before, you, before you actually go to the third point, you know, for me, uh, and I'm coming from the experience of over 20 years Crohn's disease, which is, uh, and my inflammation in the gut was extreme. Um, even a little bit of fiber, uh, gosh, that was uh, that was causing me trips to hospital. It was so painful. Um, so for those with, with more severe digestive problems, um, Dr. Natasha actually suggests no plant gaps yes. until until the gut, uh, until that inflammation is gone, until that uh, gut is healed and sealed, and then a very slow introduction of, 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 of plant matter. And you know, that's one of the most shocking news I give to my clients. I know. <laughs> they are like, what? Remove fiber so I can become regular? I'm like, yes. yes. Uh, trust me on this. Just just let's go through the motions and feel what you what's going to happen. Because fiber is not always your friend to make you uh, healthy inside. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how people react to that. Mm-hmm. We've been so brainwashed to eat a lot of fiber. Yeah. And yeah. it's not for everyone. No, no, no. So what is the prebiotic fiber? It's the one that's resistant to digest. Yes. Remember the corns? Yes. We mm. don't digest them in the small intestine and then they reach our colon and they are fermented. And there you go. They feed the good bacteria but also the bad bacteria. So you have to be careful. Depends on the person's gut dysbiosis level. If you have a very bad uh, gut flora, that has to be um, analyzed carefully. But um, the one of the most common prebiotics is inulin. What is inulin? It's a starchy substance found in a wide variety of fruits, vegetables, herbs, Wheat, for example, has a lot of inulin. That's why we eliminate it from the diet in GAPS until we heal and we get off of GAPS. That's down the road. Uh, onions, bananas, leeks, many other foods. Um, this is an oligosaccharide. Weird way, weird name, right? Um, <laughs> it's so difficult to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a carbohydrate. It's a complex sugar. 
Okay, an example of that is like sucrose, lactose, maltose. And that's why when we do uh, fermented dairy in GAPS, we ferment it for 24 hours. We want to eliminate the lactose because we consume monosaccharides in GAPS, the simple molecules of sugar. Those are easier to digest. So that's a prebiotic fiber there. Some, some people, I mean, that's a more technical detail, okay? But the important thing about fiber is we need to understand the situation of the person's gut. Like, for example, in your case, um, vegetable uh, fib uh, fibers from um, certain vegetables were very difficult for you to digest. And that's many people's cases. So how would you actually summarize fiber? Solution or a problem? Uh, well, it depends on the person. It can block you up or not. So people with gut flora imbalance will most likely feed some of the dominant bacteria with the fiber. So, for example, you have yeast overgrowth. The fiber can feed the yeast. Okay, and it might end up as an undesired result. But for most people, good fiber is great. And what is good fiber? Um, number one, in my opinion, is fermented vegetables. Not only are they kind of pre-digested, they have the fiber content, but they also have the much needed probiotic. So, and the very worst kind of fiber is like the commercial cereals that they advertise as healthy for you to go to the bathroom, you know. You see those people jumping on commercials because they ate the cereal and they hit the toilet. Um, for people who are trying to heal their gut, that's not an advisable fiber. I would even advise, sweet off your TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yes. probably stop listening to those commercials, stop listening to the news, stop, stop yes. getting, you know, um, um, anxious, angry, fearful, because actually, you know, watching TV is not good for us at all. And mm -hmm. and yeah, listening to the message that buy, buy those cereals, buy this, buy that, buy 1000 different types of supplements. It's going to make you healthy, young and pretty yeah. and everything. And um, yeah, switch it off, switch it off. But yes. yeah. So, so we've learned we've learned about so many different causes of um, of constipation. Obviously, that's not the whole list. There's so, so many more, um, as you've mentioned, Chris. And obviously, in our proper analysis of all the symptoms in the body, can uh, can help um, identify the main root cause. But uh, obviously, working working on healing and sealing the gut long term gaps is going to resolve it. But let's just offer some of the practical solutions, some of the natural remedies uh, our listeners can can go and test um, for themselves. Yes, let's let's do that. Well, let me keep this in mind. The solution is different for every person. OK, and not every solution works for everyone. That's very important. So don't get frustrated if somebody told you you need to start your day with a cup of sauerkraut and that will make you regular. It might not work for some people. It did not work for me, for example. I had to tweak it a lot until I figure out how to become more regular, how to be able to detox properly. So 
Each person is different. That's why in GAPS we make a serious assessment on each case. And then we analyze the solutions that could work for that person and work with that. So on our, I want to I wanna get attention here, on our um, Facebook group, How to GAPS, remembering uh, two is the number two, How to GAPS, um, there is a document with great resources and suggestions on constipation solution. It is a large document. I don't want to go through everything because then you'll get boring and it's so much stuff. But general, generic It's not advice. boring. <laughs> no, but I, I'm saying like not boring in the, in the terms that the solutions are boring. Like it's so long. I don't want to use so much time of our great podcast here just reading everything because not everything applies to everybody right no, but of course. on a on a generic advice um, fatty meats once they're introduced in your diet which is something that most people who come from the sad diet fear so much once fatty meat get in, gets introduced with the stocks you know you seal and you heal the gut you become a regular so fats are a great help for people who can adjust fats. Fat is a great help to get you regular. Cooked beets help. Um, salt water helped me a lot because apparently so many people, as you mentioned before, Monica, are dehydrated. Mm. And the stool, when it sits in the colon too long, um, the water gets pulled out of it. The body absorbs the water and the stool dries up in there and makes it hard to move forward. So many people are dehydrated. So if you make um, a solution like a salty lemonade, for example, water, lemon, a pinch of mineral salt, and you drink that, you are taking more water to the bowels because the salt will carry water with it. Um, castor also oil. Sorry, yes. if, I, if I might just add, if you go yes. to our file section, we do have a lovely recipe of um, of that um, rehydration drink. So go mm -hmm. to our How to Gaps Facebook group and in the file section, you're going to find that recipe there. So um, just in case you've forgotten what, uh, uh, what to add to it. And, um, and yeah, so we invite you to visit our Facebook group. Carry yes, on, yes, yes, we have great resource there. It's on the, if you open it on the computers on the top right, it's more on the right side, look for it. We have great documents there. Uh, yes, yeah, so the salt water was a great help for me. Um, castor oil packs. Um, I, before GAPS, I had never heard of this. They are, gr it's great help, great help. Applying the castor oil to the tummy at night helps you uh, move your bowels. I uh, love them. They also help me with, I've got such a fantastic sleep after castor oil pack. I love, love, love castor oil. There's something interesting about the energy in that product. It's it's quite fascinating. It's really pleasant to use. Um, coconut oil, consuming coconut oil is good because, again, we want to lube our insides. So consuming more fats is a good idea. Um, let's talk about something that's not food, that's not, you're not going to consume. Rebounding. Rebounding is the trampling exercise. You know, you don't have to jump very high. The simple uh, motion of like bouncing on a trampoline 
helps a lot. It stimulates the intestine. It makes your lymphatic system flow. It's very good. Ooh, uh, walking, taking yoga are good exercise too. And as a, as a emergency remedy, enemas are very good. Uh, it really clean you out immediately. So that has been a saving grace during my unclogging and detoxing journey to health. And I want to make a, a note here. If anyone out there listening is afraid of enemas, come and talk to me. The one who battled this fear for three years. Yes, that's me. And um, it's going to be life-changing. If you have severe constipation and you suffer of headache, brain fogginess, you will get into the bathroom to do an enema. You come out and you feel like you heal. That's how good it is. Right, Monica? Oh, 100%. And um, and some some good news coming from How to Gaps. We will be uh, rolling out a good training for you so, and coaching. So uh, watch the space uh, because we're working hard to make it happen. Um, and uh, uh, as soon as we finalize everything, we will be shouting about it on our Facebook group. So if you know, know there are a lot of people yeah. waiting for that. I get messages. I know, I know, I know, and we love you all, you guys. Thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, daily, we're receiving lots of messages, and um, but we're working, working really, really hard to to make those things happen. And uh, even now, today is Saturday, and um, I am in London, UK. It's almost midday in London, UK. Chris is in Florida, USA. So it's six o'clock in the morning for Chris. So we are working extremely hard for you guys to to provide all the training resources, all the information. So we don't want to put a deadline on ourselves about it because we we we, we want to support uh, we want to want to support the, all those clients who are already um getting our advice and consultation and obviously we want to provide some free support on our for for the rest who are part of our community so but please bear 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 with us and um, because you know we want to align everything with GAPS protocol and uh, once it's finalized you're not going to be disappointed so just just give us a little bit more time yes yes and monica i followed my circadian rhythm so from it's five in the morning i don't change my clock in the summer <laughs> I'm good, good. <laughs> Do I get an extra point for that? <laughs> yeah, you've got two. <laughs> okay. Good. So, so, so yeah, so we, you, talk, you talked about a lot of practical uh, remedies and solutions. And obviously, please do go to the, the file section um, uh, on our group because there are, oh gosh, I can't remember, maybe 100 different solutions where you, can te- you could test. Um, just one of the things what I would like to say, just don't test it once and say, oh, it didn't work for me. Test it for at least a week or sometimes even two weeks is necessary to see uh, some kind of uh, results. Uh, because, you know, natural remedies, they don't work as quickly as, let's say, Western medicine um, solutions or uh, they don't work like laxatives. And yes. So they take some time, but I just wanted to actually discuss laxatives with you, Chris, because it's a big subject and quite often clients ask me, oh, can I just, you know, I haven't been to the toilet for four days. Should I just start take 
laxative to you know to get rid of that fecal matter because I don't want those toxins being reabsorbed. But can you just tell us what's the consequences of taking laxatives? Yes, I will. And if you are four days without going to the toilet and you are worried about reabsorbing toxins or you feel sluggish, the best thing is to take an enema. Don't take laxatives. Why? The consequences of taking them are not good. Uh, yes, let's say you're on a trip, right? You can't do an enema on an occasion. Uh, it, it's acceptable, but ideally no, because it's it's artificially created. It's and it becomes your body will become dependent. It damages the nerves that make the bowels work long term. So you know that the, the intestine is a long tube. It moves. It has motions to push waste forward. How does that create it? By nerves, nerve stimulation. Everything, our body, is a, our body is so well designed. It's so intelligent. And those nerves, once they get used to the use of laxatives, they don't work by themselves anymore. Laxative is also an irritant of the colon and destroys the gut flora. Most mm-hmm. people don't know that. And it creates electrolyte imbalance. Because it draws so much water out of you and then you become really dehydrated. So constipation can be caused by dehydration. And then you take a laxative, that will really dry you out. Mm. And if you don't keep hydrating, it's, it's, a, it's, a sto- it's a bad storm. So laxatives also interfere with the absorption of nutrients, of course, because it's creating a forceful evacuation. Um, it takes power of the natural movement away. I can explain that with the nerve damaging. It changes the anatomy of the colon. Um, after a while, the intestinal wall will become lazy and not want to work by itself anymore. And then we're talking about people who take laxatives all the time, of course. So, mm. yeah, it's it's not a good thing. Well, the bottom line is, if you're on a GAPS diet and you're healing your gut, if you start taking laxatives and you take them regularly, you basically kind of destroy all the hard work with healing foods yeah. and restoring your gut. So is it worth a risk? I would say no. I would um, say no. Yeah. So, Chris, we've heard... Especially, especially yeah. now that we know so many natural remedies look at that document there's Mm. so many options one of them will work for you Mm, definitely um so Chris we've heard so much about you know constipation root causes and you shared lots of practical remedies which were kind of food based and not food related remedies and um but I think our listeners are quite you know eager to hear your story of constipation because it's it's a Heck of a story. Would you mind sharing your, your experience? Yes, yes. yes. I'll, I'll try to make it short. It is a long story, <laughs> but I'll try to make it short. I, As a baby, when I was like two months old, I was hospitalized with gastroenteritis because my mom had had an accident with her breast. She had a mastitis developed at 40 days after I was born. And back then, they didn't try to really keep the child on breast milk. They immediately took me off. I went to cow's milk and that completely ruined me. And I was in the hospital for six months taking antibiotics um, and 
I was a very sick child. I was always constipated, severely constipated. I remember crying to go to the bathroom and, you know, you think you're going to grow out of that. But the reality is it set up a good flora in me that was not healthy. And I didn't realize growing up I was constipated. I would not go to the bathroom every day. As a young adult, I probably used to go to the bathroom twice a week, I think. Um, remember, back then you're not so conscious about that. You're not paying so much attention. Mm-hmm. And then um, in my 20s, I had my child. And with pregnancy and breastfeeding, which I tried to keep as long as I could, I got severely dehydrated. And to the point where I had anal fissures and I had to get surgery for that. I didn't know natural medicines for it. So I remember my gynecologist, when he did internal ultrasounds, he would always say, oh, your bowels are full. You know, you need to take some laxatives to go, you know, to empty yourself out. And sometimes I would. Yeah, and sometimes I would. Uh, Bottom of the story is when I found GAPS, when I introduced gaps into my life and I learned about the diet, how to make it work and doing enemas, I started cleansing myself. And I believe I cleansed myself of, um, I don't know, I couldn't put a date on it, but ages of poop compacted inside of me. It was such a relief. It was so wonderful to get rid of that stuff and start becoming regular. And then as I started troubleshooting, like I say, it's not the same for everybody. I really came to the conclusion that I was not digesting fats. And I had trouble consuming too much fat. I knew it wasn't, it wasn't like pleasant to me. And then, you know, connecting all the teachings of Dr. Natasha, we learned that when a person does not um, have proper bio uh, flowing, properly flowing, Uh, the fats don't get digested properly. Instead of being digested, they become like a soapy matter that accumulates and becomes like a stuck thing, you know? becomes a stucky, sticky matter in the intestines. And I am convinced that that was my problem. Now that I am detoxing, I'm cleaning my liver, and my bio is flowing, I am becoming more and more regular. It's been so good. Caps has really, really changed my life for the best. I, every, I recommend it to anyone because it's really, really what helps. The proper diet, the detoxing protocols. Uh, oh, relaxation. Let's not forget stress. I've always been a very stressed person. And we know the vagus nerve that connects our digestive system to our brain. You know, Epsom salt baths, relax, detox, relaxation, yoga walking, sunshine, it's a combination of the whole GAPS protocol that comes in place and helps you let go of toxicity. Wow, your, you know, your story is like, um, it's what well, well, a story. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. It took you so many years, um, first of all, to learn about it, to be yes. aware of that, to realize what's the problem. And I think once you... Uh, uh, started experiencing some improvement of gap on gaps. You started kind of learning about your body even more, and 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 letting things go. And one of the things what you've mentioned, the stress, the vagus nerve. It's um, 
I just wanted to add this is this this is this is a massive problem for many people. Many people going to the many people when they go to the toilet and especially when they constipated, even walking to the toilet is already stressing them because they're already thinking that they will have a problem with uh, passing the stool because oh I was constipated yesterday so probably I will be constipated today too. Now just think about. Um, our nervous system has got kind of two branches. Um, one branch is called sympathetic system and the other one is parasympathetic system. So our sympathetic system is the one which is responsible for fight and flight. And that's when usually you worry, you're angry, you're frustrated. Um, and when this system is activated, the other one is suppressed. So the other one, the parasympathetic system, is a system which is responsible for rest and digest and what it means rest and digest it also means pooping yeah. so so constipation or even diarrhea for that matter um is the reason of suppressed parasympathetic system so you might be trying you know lots of remedies which are which we've said and we refer to the to the three uh, resorts on our group but but addressing your stress level, addressing that vagus nerve, like um, balancing the tone of the vagus nerve is so important. And you've already gave a couple of uh, uh, solutions here, like walking, um, gardening. Uh, the other thing what is really, really um, good to do is humming or singing. Um, anything you do and kind of the back of your throat vibrates, so gardening. Um, that will activate and rebalance that natural tone of the vagus nerve. So please do not um, kind of you know um, uh, make assumption that that you know uh, that, that that stress system is has nothing to do with your uh, with your regularity. It 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 can be one of the main causes. So um, start singing, start dancing, be happy, and celebrate every poop. Um, yeah, it comes, <laughs> it comes down to being in touch with yourself, Monica, right? Listening oh to your body, yeah. listen to your mind. And and then it's the power of healing yourself because this yeah. journey of freeing myself of constipation was a self-investigation. Yeah. I had no external help. I had to figure it out myself and, with, of course, with the GAPS community, but... Um, Nobody really like um, I'm gonna say I have to say like no doctor could help me. I I asked many doctors what my problem is and they always just told me take some laxatives, mm. which is you know not good for us. We know that so we all have to empower ourselves and 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 become responsible for our own health. And when I did that, I started healing. And this is this is a very inspiring uh, story. And thank you so much uh, for actually being so open and honest about about your experience, Grace. I just I just believe that so many people are are even intimidated uh, by talking about this subject. Um, and what you shared today, I I hope it's going to make them feel, as you mentioned, more empowered. Um, and so if you're listening to this podcast please reach out to our community ask questions talk about poop it's actually you know when Chris and I when we talk about poop it, it's, it's we have so much fun um, 
other girls talk about shoes and bags. We talk about poop and well, <laughs> yeah, we talk about health. So it's yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's important. It's it's a free sample of what's going on inside. It's like a free X-ray. You can look inside of yourself by analyzing what's coming out. It's important. I'm just going to say, if I ever lose my mobile phone or if somebody hacks into my oh, Google or WhatsApp and they're going to see my pictures of all the parasites, yeast, diarrhea, diarrhea, a looking poop, they're just going to have so much um, fun with it, or maybe it not was, fun. We should have a candid camera on that, make a test. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> But, but thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for taking time You're and sharing, sharing your expertise, you know, with our How to Gaps members. And uh, this is the end of part one of this podcast about constipation. In part two, uh, Chris will be answering questions uh, from our How to Gaps members, who I'm sure are very eager to hear the answers. So if you are not a How to Gaps member yet, please find our uh, group on Facebook. It is How to Gaps to us a number, or just go to our website www.howtogaps.com to us a number. And when you join us, just please, you know, um, tell us if you've heard us uh, on this podcast, what you've liked, or what would you like to um, to learn from our future podcast, and we will help. Uh, we'll try to make it happen. And because, you know, this podcast is made um, possible by listeners like you. So please, please, please share this podcast with other people who may benefit uh, from it. And I, I believe every single person in the world uh, will benefit from that information. Um, but so thank you. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you, Chris, for your insights. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be able to talk openly about such a taboo subject. Absolutely. Thank you.